Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined as always by Armani Buckets, Mr. Brandon Deutsch and Mr. Fredo. Fredo, how you doing over there? In I'm Houston. doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me again here. Uh, how you guys doing over there? I'm doing well. Um, I mean, the thing is, and I know we're going to talk about this, I get so inspired watching. I don't want to call him the old man, but LeBron looked freaking fantastic yesterday. And, oh, my God, this dude with every year that goes by, it's like he gets younger. He's freaking Benjamin Button. (laughs) Yeah, that. I, I, I'm marveled by how he played last night, too. It's crazy. And Westbrook looked really good. I know everyone's talking about the missed free throw and whatever, you know, the air ball. But he actually, his jumper looked really good. I was surprised. Kedrick Nunn looked good. I mean, there was a lot of positives for the Lakers. And I know their depth, we'll get into this. I know their depth is an issue, but they don't have Schroeder or Walker yet, who are two of their big depth players. So it's really hard to judge them until those guys come back on the court late in the game. Yeah, and also, doesn't it take a little bit of time for everybody to mesh and meld and all that good stuff as Not well? Not only right? that, if we played our starters, we win, right? So it's like one of those things, like, you yeah. know, we had, we had like the 10 last guys on off the bench playing at the end of the game, so. Yeah, and at the end of the day, though, I mean, it's going to take time. This isn't something that's just going to magically appear for them. So, um, And with that, guys, let's go to the headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune because we got to get into it. Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no clickbait, no pop-ups. Just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Let's do this. Well, we mentioned it. It's the Arash Markazi show. We gotta mention the Lakers. So, first headline of the day: the Lakers fell to the Suns last night, 119 to 115. But don't worry, guys. It's only preseason. After a brilliant first half performance from LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, and Mr. Patrick Beverly all played well in the first half. Um, however, guys, the team's depth was tested as they were outplayed by the Suns' depth uh, bench. Sorry, in the fourth quarter. Any concerns yet about the Lakers? being able to make the playoffs this season in terms of making the playoffs yes and the reason is listen when you have lebron james and if anthony davis is playing at a high level you should be a good team but when you see the depth and especially when i look at the center position this was the concern going into the season with guys like damon jones and thomas bryant those guys are not really proven nba commodities and now Thomas Bryant, I don't know if this is a strategic thing by Darvin Ham, but he was basically with the third stringers, and then you have Wenyan Gabriel potentially being the starting center. I like Wenyan Gabriel's game, but if we're talking about comparing that to other teams at the top of the Western Conference, there's a clear talent gap between the Lakers role players and a lot of other 
Western Conference contenders role players, and that really concerns me. But on the plus side, Austin Reeves looks like he's gotten better. Kendrick Nunn is finally healthy. And I agree with you, Brandon. Russell Westbrook's jump shot, it's not only that he's making them, he's shooting them with confidence. Actually, I don't I don't know if that's a good thing with Westbrook sometimes, but if it's going in and it looks good, I mean, go ahead. The whole league is doing it. Why not you as well? And LeBron, LeBron looked incredible. So overall, the depth is going to be a huge concern, but there's definitely positives going forward. And it's not just that, it's it's also Davis. I know he didn't play, but his three-point jumper obviously looks better. He's two out of four. That's a huge positive. If he can stay healthy and if he can hit threes, I think Vegas is going to be very unhappy because I think the over 45 and a half wins is, is pretty manageable, especially with how many teams are tanking, whether that's the eight seed, you know, could we get eight 45 plus win teams in the West, it's very possible, right? So, uh, you know, obviously this team isn't winning a championship by any means, probably not. Um, you know, I, I think everyone can see that if the Clippers are healthy, the Nuggets and the Warriors are, well, maybe not the Warriors. I know we'll get into that uh, after what happened yesterday. But um, this is a team that is going to be better defensively. But I, I was really marveled by LeBron. Westbrook looks better. Davis didn't play. Reeves looked finally better. You know, he, he struggled the first game. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see when Walker and Schroeder come and play, how they look and what's, what's going to happen. How, is the, how, how are the rotations going to be like then? So that'll, then we'll probably find that out next week. Fredo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said, Armand, earlier on as well. You know, LeBron James, you know, entering his 20th year, just kind of crazy to see um, the type of level and the intensity he was playing with last night. Even though it was a preseason game, he still went out there in the first half trying to compete and trying to win. And me just sitting back, looking at this team, seeing what Frank Vogel did in the previous seasons, I just saw something very, very different from the Lakers last night. It just seemed like the ball movement was there, the defense, they were all committed to the defensive side of the ball. They were all playing as a team. And if, yes, if all the starters would have played full-time minutes, they maybe would have walked away with the game because throughout the whole game, maybe through the first three and a half quarters, they were up by 8, 10 throughout the whole time. So that margin was always there. They were competing no matter who was on the court. They were competing. So that's a good sign for the Lakers on them moving forward. And, you know, about the Clippers, you guys also mentioned the Western Conference there. I mean, I think the Clippers are just too overhyped right now. I, I There's two players that haven't played in, in almost two years. So we have a lot to still see on that team for people to really buy into that team right now. I hear you, Fredo. Sorry to interrupt you guys, but Fredo, quick question. Did you watch preseason, um, the first preseason game with Kawhi Leonard in there and John Wall? Fredo? Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, did, I did you guys? You. Did I, I know Armand watched um, the preseason Clippers game? I'm assuming. And then Fredo, did you watch the preseason Clipper game with um, uh, with John Wall and with uh, Kawhi Leonard playing? Okay, maybe maybe he can't hear me. Um, okay, well let's let's move on to the next headline, which uh, Brandon so wonderfully segued us into. The Warriors made the news, guys, as they disciplined Draymond Green for reportedly punching teammate Jordan Poole in practice. What could the implications be from this? I personally did not think that it was a big deal at all. I think that these things happen at NBA practices, maybe not 
um, all the time, maybe not every training camp, but I think that most of the times when they happen, we just don't hear about it. I don't think it gets leaked to the media. Now, that's one thing that you can say about who is the leak inside the Warriors, because Jihei, Brandon, I know that we talk about it all the time, that nothing leaks out of the Clippers camp, like nothing. So somebody's leaking information to Shams and to the Athletic about Draymond punching Jordan Poole. But I don't know. I think that in the heat of battle, in the heat of competition, as long as you can patch things up, and it's early on. It's not like it's like we're about to enter the postseason and you have you have um, this happening at that time. It's, it's a, at a time period where there's still time to gel. And they're a group of brothers. They just won the title. These things happen amongst amongst brothers. Man, I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree more, Armand. Uh, I usually agree with you. I think this is one of those things that is super detrimental to a championship team. I mean, I know Draymond and KD got into it that one year, but they weren't punching each other, were they? I mean, this is like a whole different level. I think that the war. I already thought the Warriors it would be hard for them to repeat, even with their system, because of the juggernauts of the Clippers, Nuggets, Bucks. You know, all these teams. Like, yeah, the Warriors still have a really good chance to repeat because of their system. Them being one of the best defensive teams in the league, and obviously Jordan Poole's development, Wiseman coming back, Kuminga, all of it. You know, they they look really good. But this is this is really bad. This is a bad look, and I don't know if they're already having team chemistry issues. I don't know. I mean, I don't I, know. I really. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is a team chemistry issue. I think that this. Um, so I did dive into this a little bit, and I think Draymond's mad that he has to play the year out, and he's taking out uh, without a contract extension. And Jordan Poole just signed like a one year, I think contract extension so i think he's a kind of pissed about that but i mean this kind of shows you where draymond's at mentally like i get it he like he's put in a lot of the work he's won them multiple titles and i totally understand the frustration but it doesn't mean that he should take it out on a teammate he should be taking it out on the organization and be like what the heck guys like why am i not getting my money why am i not getting paid why am i not you know i've been here for you guys and done my job and done my time um why can't i get you know, my dude. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and this just shows that the organization is kind of right. And I mean, there's not definitely extended. a reason for that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. I. They're absolutely right. He has no sure. offensive bag anymore. He has no offensive yeah, it's, bag. Yeah, it's not like. Yeah, but like you said, Brandon, aren't you like all about the D? <laughs> aren't you all about the D? Yes, but I, I think. Yes, but Draymond's getting a bit older, and I think. I think that it's going to be very, it's tougher. It's going to be tougher to get through the Western Conference this year than last year. They're just going to be healthier. I mean, I know I can't say that with with complete fact because injuries happen, but them putting Draymond at the four, Looney at the five against a team like the Clippers or a team like the Nuggets, it's going to be hard to beat those teams straight up more this year. And Draymond's a year older. It's not like he's getting any younger. Obviously, Clay is getting older. Steph's getting older. Pool needs to really take a huge leap. And that's when I see this and I'm like, he's punching pool. This guy's supposed to take a huge leap and take pressure off of Curry like he did last year. It's like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. I So my whole thing with this is that the Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, any great team over the past 10 years, uh, 15, 20 years, that's one, has done so 
because of a lack of egos involved on the team. You can showboat and be cocky towards others, but the Warriors always had that internal, we don't care who takes the shine as long as we win. And that's the same thing that I remember with Duncan Parker Ginobili. And it just seemed like at moments last year that Jordan Poole didn't completely understand that motto and that way of life. And so if Draymond needed to check him and make him understand that, hey, none of us are bigger or better than the rest of our parts, we're all equal in this thing, then so be it. I mean, maybe he needed to get checked. I don't really know and I don't think we'll know um, about what like the background of the fight was, but if this gets pulled to buy in even more, then I don't know. If, because I honestly think that guys like Clay and Steph, and this is just obviously my opinion, I think that they're going to side with Draymond on this, even though Draymond was the aggressor. Something I'll add before Fredo goes. Um, I, I think Jordan Poole being bought in, it's one of those things like, this dude, the reason why he's so good is because he didn't go out and party in the offseason. Like, he stayed in gold, you know, in, in San Francisco and worked out with the team. You know, I, I, I don't think this is a matter of being bought in. It's probably Draymond is, is getting a little bit worse. Um, you know, he's probably going at him more in practice. And Draymond is embarrassed because he's getting a year older. And, like, Draymond's a great defense player. He'll be great on defense. But what happens if we don't know this, but his defense, like, he's losing a step? Like, we don't know. That could be it. And Jordan Poole could be, like, bullying him in practice. And then Draymond's embarrassed as the team leader and punches him. That could be it because I doubt Poole is getting worse. Poole's a future NBA star, right? Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I agree. I think that Poole is, you know, he's the future. And no offense to Draymond, but like your time maybe your time for for the shine maybe, you know, going on delay, right? You're 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 diminishing as as this kid is rising. So, I, I just it, it's it's kind of sad. I, I I wish that Draymond would just be a professional just across the board. And I get it that like you know tempers flare during the preseason. We see that in football all the time, right? Where offense and defense play against one another, and they get into these fights and they get into these um, crazy altercations. Um, I would just hope that these guys would. I mean, they're they're trying to they're trying to win a freaking title again. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, it's just. And I get it. Again, emotions are high. So, well, I guess we'll see. Um, as the season progresses, how this team will do. I think Fredo's on a little bit of a delay, um, so we'll just, I guess, we'll just go to the next, the next one. Um, Mike Trout hit um, hit his 40th home run of the season, guys, despite missing six weeks on the season, and Shohei Otani became the first player in the history of baseball to qualify as a lead leaguer for both. Uh, for being both a hitter and a pitcher. Last year, he didn't throw enough innings to qualify as a pitcher. But what do you guys think of the dominance we're seeing from Otani and Trout? And how can the Angels finally turn the corner and make the playoffs next year? Hmm, I guess I'll start with this question. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things where they have the talent. They've always had the talent. Uh, they played really well in two months of the season. I think that's the first issue. They played well in April, part of May, maybe a week before the losing streak. And then they played well in September, right? They have the talent to convince Otani to stay. 
They need to be able to sell the team first off, because I doubt Artie Moreno is going to go out and get a player like Carlos Rodon right now if he's if he's selling the team. But the new owner could, right? And they need a, another dominant starter. They need more more pieces in the bullpen. Hitting wise, they're fine. They got all these young studs, you know. Besides Trout and Otani, like Taylor Ward, um, Luis Rengifo, who's a stud. Uh, Levon Soto, who's been balling. Um, they have Zach Neto, Logan O'Hop, younger guys that are going to come up. They're good on the offensive side of the ball, right? They just need a better hitting coach so they don't disappear like they did for five months of the season uh, in the middle of that big stretch. But I think it's very possible they make the playoffs next year, but it's the same old issue. They need a culture change, and that starts with the the, sell, the sale of the team. And if they don't do that, they already said they're bringing back Phil Nevin, which was the first big mistake. But I get why they did that, because... You know, they still have Artie Moreno as the owner. And once a new owner comes, they're just going to fire Nevin anyway. So it's like one of those things like might as well. But still, I, they really need to prioritize pitching in the offseason for sure. I mean, yeah, with, with the Angels, the Angels got to prioritize just winning overall. I mean, they got to find a way to win some games because it's seeing them coming into this year for a very good second. I mean, they were on the top of the um, American League. There were the Dodgers and the Angels were the number one teams on both sides of the of the of the game. But the Angels got to just go ahead and put something together. I think once they get a new ownership, once they get that in place, they are definitely going to be looked at something different. Um, over the past few seasons, they've just had ups and downs. People walking away from their front office. Um, just having little minor issues throughout the league. And I mean, that big signing with Anthony Rendon, um, I think that was a very bad signing. They, they gave a lot of money to one guy who just, maybe he, he was a, a one-time show during the World Series for the Nationals. I don't think he was that player that deserved that much money. I think they just overpaid for that player. But at the end of the day, the Angels got to find an owner. Once they find that, they'll find some good things to go ahead and win. Um, and I do apologize because I did go off the air for a bit because my connection was kind of off. But I did want to mention on the Draymond uh, Green situation. Because we're talking about the Draymond last night, when I saw the news and I saw the tweet from Sham Sharania saying that, hey, <laughs> and Draymond just laid it out on, on Jordan Poole, I was like, well, good job. I thought that was good because if Jordan Poole is now coming into the practice facility thinking that he's worth $100 million, like, come on, Jordan Poole, calm down and relax. You're you're too young. You, you Yes, you won a ring. And, and you did a very good job in your whole playoff run. But at the end of the day, you got other guys that have been there for years, almost eight, nine, 12 years already with that team. So you got to just show a little respect. Don't come in being all loud mouth because apparently that's a couple of reports that were out there. But at the end of the day, Draymond let them have it. Who knows what the what how they're gonna discipline Draymond? I hope they just kind of give him a two, three preseason game suspension or something small, a little fine and whatnot. Hopefully it's nothing too big. Yeah, and that's that's my thoughts exactly on the situation, Fredo. Not to jump too far back about the Warriors, but I don't think Steph or Clay would ever be the type to really check somebody. So you kind of need if like Clay even kind of joked about it last week about somebody needed to humble Jordan Poole when Clay won the three point contest. Now that was joking, but if they were to check Jordan Poole, it wouldn't go off the same way as when Draymond, who is literally their enforcer, checks him. But I mean, we'll see. We, we saw what happened when Draymond and KD got into it. it. It kind of divided the locker room there. So it's definitely something that we have to keep our eyes on going forward. Jihei? Yeah, no, sorry about that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I get that you have to keep somebody in check. 
I, I think that it could be done off the court. I mean, maybe this is just, the, this might just be me though, let's get real. Um, but I think that this is something that you can have a sidebar conversation and be like, look, young blood, like, check yourself. You know, we've been here longer. We have multiple more rings. You know, it's, it's something that you can definitely um, do outside of the court and not bring attention to your organization for. Um, well, that uh, let's leave it there for now, guys. When we come back, we will be joined by uh, Mr. Nick Hamilton when we return on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Again, that hotline number is 310-400-0340. Also, don't forget to email us at show at gmail.com. Yeah, we're old school and we still check our emails, guys. Um, Let's go out there to the Sporting Tribune guest head hotline. Sorry. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos. Just your teams and clean a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. And here he is, friend of the show, Truth Sika, Mr. Nick Hamilton. Nick, how you doing, man? Hey, lady and gentlemen, how are you? I, I tell you what, Arashas avoid me like a bill collector. I must owe you some money. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love being on with y'all. No, don't, don't, don't get that. Don't get that twisted. I love being on with y'all. But Arash, damn it, stop avoiding me like like you owe me some money, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he's definitely living living the dream right now, right? Um, just just had a, got a house in uh, Vegas, so he's he's living his best life out there and enjoying that Laker game and stuff like that. Speaking of the Lakers, uh, Nick, I'm assuming you watched last night uh, Lakers preseason against the Suns. What were your thoughts on uh, the Laker game? And uh, is LeBron back? Is this team back? Sorry, I might, my internet might be unstable. Can you guys hear me? Uh, first of all, let me say uh, congratulations to uh, Arash and Ashley. I love them to no end, um, so I'm glad they're doing well. But secondly, no, I did not watch the game. Um, I watched the highlights. I do not watch preseason basketball at all. Um, I think it's pointless. What the hell are we really watching for besides just, just the fan? If you're there as a fan, it's absolutely an incredible experience. But, um, you know, I didn't see anything too much to be uh, – 
uh, dialed up about. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the report came out about Anthony Davis and his and his back tightness and what have you. You know, it got some Laker fans kind of riled up under the collar and say, oh, here we go again. You know, Mr. Street Coast, you know, once again. Um, and the thing about it is I think that's going to be an issue throughout the season. So this is kind of a prequel to what we may be able to experience throughout the season because I don't expect Anthony Davis uh, to be healthy for, you know, 75-plus games. I just don't. Uh, maybe 60 games in the season, hopefully. Um, and I don't wish injury on anybody, so I'm not wishing injury upon him. But it's just the nature of what his his experiences, unfortunately, have been. Um, Russell West, Russell Westbrook uh, throwing up air balls and whatnot uh, in the last game or, or so. I mean, typical. I mean, LeBron finally found his stroke, which was a good thing. I mean, but again, it's preseason, so... Um, you know, it's not much to expect. We'll see what happens opening night when the Lakers take on the Clippers. That's when it all counts. That's when it all matters. Yeah. Nick, on that same topic, obviously you just said preseason doesn't matter. And I agree with you completely. But we had some drama at Warriors training camp with Draymond Green apparently punching Jordan Poole. Um, Brandon and I got into this about in segment one. I said that I think that it can bring a team closer together. Uh, Brandon said that it can take a team further apart. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? I think both things can be true. I think what you said and what Brandon said could be true. At the same time, it's about who is able to galvanize the troops throughout this type of uh, situation. Um, Because the thing about it is this. Yes, you have guys. How many times have we not have we heard about or or even seeing guys get a little testy uh, when it comes to practices, when it comes to exhibitions. Uh, we see it all the time in the NFL, and we and everybody makes much to do about nothing. We talked about that with Aaron Donald, you know, when they had that altercation against the Cincinnati Bengals during the preseason. Everybody, you know, it was all up in arms, and it pretty much it was much, much to do about nothing. And allegedly, uh, it's been reported that Draymond connected with Jordan Poole's jaw. Um but here's the thing. If that did indeed happen, number one, who the hell is leaking that out? Um, they, need to, they need to shore that up, number one. Number two, you need to get these two brothers in a room and iron everything out because you have a lot riding on this season. Obviously, you're the defending world champions. Uh, Draymond is an essential part of this team, as well as Jordan Poole being an essential part of this team. Um, so whether it's Steve Kerr, his coaching staff, general manager, Whoever it may be, hell, they may have to call, you know, uh, uh, the psychic hotline. I don't know who the hell they got to call. But at the same time, you need to get these two guys in a room, sit them down, iron everything out. Um, Don't be like, you know, Q and Bishop from Juice where y'all just kind of, eh, okay, yeah, we cool. And it's really not cool. You don't want that. You want you want to be in sync. And, yeah, guys are going to disagree. Guys are going to get chippy. Guys are going to get testy. Uh, but there's no excuse if that indeed happened. There's no excuse for Draymond Green to put your hands on another teammate in that way. But again, we don't know the full story. We don't know what was said. We don't know what was what led up to that. So it's it's a lot of speculation going on. I don't want to cast any aspersions on Draymond Green. I think from one of the, the couple of times I have talked to Draymond Green, he's always been a cool down to earth brother. He's always been a guy that's really been uh, respectful. Um, so I don't want to cast any aspersions upon him or his character uh, again until all the facts come out. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to ask you about the historic season of Aaron Judge, 62 home runs, obviously remarkable, something we haven't seen in 
well, well over 60 years other than Barry Bonds, obviously. Um, whether that's a whole different conversation. But what are your thoughts on the historic season of Aaron Judge and you know how it pertains to the Yankees maybe having playoff success? Hmm. I'm going to need a little bit more room for this one. Um, first <laughs> of all, let me say all hell. Here comes the judge. All hell to Aaron Judge. Congratulations are in order for him. This is a man that truly bet on himself when the Yankees gave him such a happy meal of a deal. Uh, in the beginning of the season, he, he you know, uh, strongly turned it down. And now we see why he turned it down, because he saw his value. He knew his value. Um, unfortunately, he won't get the triple crown. Uh, but to set a record of that magnitude, something that hasn't happened, that hasn't been surpassed in 61 years uh, by Roger Maris Sr., um, I think is an amazing accomplishment. These these one of four teams that could potentially win it all uh, this this season if we are really going really to be honest in baseball. Um, and he's just an all around great guy. I mean, this is a guy who has truly a mama mentality. When I spoke with him during the All Star breakout here in L. A., um, I just asked him about you know just his mentality and why he looks up to Kobe Bryant so much and what he gains from Kobe Bryant. He still watches. He told me, he said, "Look, man, I still watch the interviews from Kobe. I still watch, you know, old." Uh, clips of Kobe Bryant of what, what he was saying, what he was doing, how he approached the game, and you see some of those the remnants of that in his approach to the game and how he takes you know care of his body, um, how he's able to to really impact a game. Um, you know, the only problem I had was Roger Maris Jr. And the problem I had with Roger Maris Jr. is that he was always trying to hijack uh, the, the 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 spotlight from Aaron Judge. There's no understandably. That's his dad's record. And I'm speaking of Roger Maris Jr. And so, yes, you congratulate Aaron Judge. Not a problem. But when you constantly are at every game, you're constantly tweeting out. You are trying to put the spotlight on you instead of the man who we are, who actually has the talent. Because, damn it, you don't have an ounce of talent that your dad had. Uh, if you did, you'd be playing. You would have played. Um, but you're trying to hijack the spotlight. Number two. While you're trying to hijack the spotlight and try to disguise it as, oh, I'm supporting Aaron Judge, which where was the support when they got closer to 61? We didn't see your we didn't see your trifling ass out there at not one bit. And then you want to throw shade at Barry Bonds and want to falsely accuse Barry Bonds of testing positive for whether it's PEDs, HGH. And I and I, I when I went on Twitter with him, I said simply, show me a, a positive test. Show me one positive test. Produce the receipts. If you're going to claim this man was a dirty player, and I mean dirty as far as not testing, you know, testing clean or being a clean player, then show me the receipts. If you can't show me the receipts, have a tall glass and shut the hell up. It's that simple. And so, and then he went back and said, oh, well, Barry Bonds is the, is the, is the home run king, which was a backhanded compliment. He went right back and said, well, we need to have two separate lists. Maybe we should separate the clean players from the other players. I said, well, if that's the case, we're going to do separate, separate, but equal quote unquote, then let's separate pre 1947 versus post 1947 and erase those records and not hold those records in high esteem from Babe Ruth to Ty Cobb. When they did not, when major league baseball did not allow one black player to participate in major league baseball, which is why one of the reasons why the Negro leagues were created. And ultimately major league baseball post 1947 beyond branch Ricky, who actually saw the evidence of, not just a black player breaking the color barrier, but from an economic standpoint, because the Negro leagues were actually outselling Major League Baseball teams when they would go on the road and they would be in those those stadiums. They would outsell, and they saw, and Major League Baseball saw 
the economic value in that. So that's the reason why they started Major League Baseball started to raid the fridge, as it were, and started bringing on more black baseball players post-1947. So if we're going to do that, then let's 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 separate it down the middle. Let's not just pick and choose what we want to separate. And again, Roger Maris Jr., who, who, who has the audacity to be talking tough behind a computer on Twitter, but never were able to debate or produce any results that you're claiming that, that's going to happen. We all know Aaron Judge is the American League home run key. He beat Roger Maris's record 62 home runs in regular season. However, even... Aaron Judge acknowledged Barry Bonds as the home run king. So who the hell are you not to acknowledge this man's greatness, speaking of Barry Bonds, and, and knowing that he hit 73 home runs? It was one of the only people that never had a positive test. How the hell does that happen? When you had Sammy Sosa, you had Mark McGuire, you had Rafael Palmaro, you had Andy Pettit. All of these guys tested positive for banned substances and finally came out to admit it. Even Rafael Palmaro, who lied to Congress on the floor, he finally admitted that he lied and took banned substances. And it was proven that they all did. But where's the proof for Barry Bonds? This is why I said there are two Americas, because people don't want to see Barry Bonds be the home run king for, for various reasons that I'm not going to get into on this show. But if you know, you know, um, because there's no reason why you should not highlight this man. Again, if there's a positive test to be put out there, then put it out there. Otherwise, move on. Congratulate Aaron Judge for his greatness, but let's also recognize that Barry Bonds is still currently the home run king and still currently hit 73 home runs in one season. And oh, by the way, Major League, Major League Baseball did not give a damn at that time because they were still in the red and they wanted to put butts in seats and they wanted to be attractive and they wanted to be the attraction to families and to every and to fan bases across the country, which is why they didn't give a damn who was taking what back then until later on they got in the black and they realized, you know what, we got to clean this up. Before I ask the next question, Nick, bravo. That was, that was awesome. I love listening to that whole, that whole speech there. Um, and I agree completely by the way um, with that, but speaking of baseball, I want to ask you if we had to predict Let's say it's Dodgers versus Padres or Dodgers versus Mets. Either outcome. What What are your predictions if it's Dodgers versus Padres versus if it's Dodgers versus the Mets? That's a good question, man. I think when you look at the Dodgers, obviously that the sticks are still alive and they're still hot and they have to continue to be hot. I think that's been pretty much their bread and butter, um, especially throughout the injuries to their pitching staff. Um, obviously losing Walker Bueller was a huge blow to them. And I've always said this too. I think the Dodgers kind of overplayed their hand by not give by not being able to acquire Luis Castillo because I thought I thought Castillo could have been a, a valuable asset in that rotation. Um, now he's going to be in, in Seattle, more than likely sign that big time deal. Uh, but other than that, I think you know I, if they play the Padres, I think it's four games. Um, if I think it's the Mets, I think it, it could possibly go a full five uh, because I think the Mets with Degrom. I'm not trusting Scherzer. I think I call I refer to Scherzer as Noodle Arm uh, because I think he's going to be fatigued. Uh, he's up there in age, um, but I my my concern is more Degrom. But the stick, but for the for the Mets, the bats aren't hot, and they don't have enough sticks uh, to get over. And I think that's where the Dodgers can really zap in on them, um, especially with that collapse over last weekend where they just got swept and got pretty much booted right out of the opportunity to, to take over the NL East uh, and win the NL East. But that went to the Atlanta Braves, who I think is a more tough, is a more tougher team uh, if the Dodgers have to face them in the NLCS. But 
to answer your question, I got Padres in three and four. Uh, maybe Mets in four, possibly five. Yeah, um, that that uh, I agree completely with that pick. Nick, I wanted to ask you about the Clippers. We talked about this in the first segment. I know you said you don't watch preseason basketball. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George look good, you know, in the minutes they've played so far. Obviously, it's about health. What is going to be the key, if they're healthy, to beat a team like the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs this season? Well, I did watch the first quarter of Kawhi coming back, um, which I thought was great to see. Um, I liked it. I liked his confidence. Um, he kind of joked, uh, you know, after the game before Paul George, like, hey, man, you got the BGs, you got the bubble guts, you nervous, you know, getting back out there. But, you know, he was cool as he was cool as a polar bear's toenails. And so when you look at what Kawhi uh, brings to the table, he definitely brings not only just his point total, obviously his presence on the court, but he brings an energy level. He brings a, a level of um, confidence that uh, is definitely needed with that team. And this is probably one of the deepest Clipper teams we've seen in a very long time. So if you have a healthy Paul George, a healthy Kawhi, you add John Wall to that mix who can remain healthy. Um, you know, you got Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, um, you know, I'm still not high on Zubak, but I mean, he's serviceable. But I think health is going to be a, a huge factor in these games. We know Kawhi's not going to play back to back. So what do the Clippers do? How do they maintain to get through those stretches where we know Kawhi's not going to play back to backs? Um, if they can manage and get through those and Ty Lue with his amazing coaching staff uh, can navigate their way through that, I think they can at least take the Warriors to seven. Um, and they make they may catch they may catch the Warriors slipping like a bad transmission during the series at that point in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and if they are, sky's the limit. I think the Clippers could actually win an NBA championship this year um, because there's so many other there are only a few other teams out there that I could think can stand in their way. Warriors, Bucks. Um, I don't know about the Celtics. Uh, I'm not I'm not high on the Sixers. Uh, so they're only, a, a, a you know, a couple teams to me that can really stand in their way. Nick, on that same topic of NBA, we all go into the season with teams that we think are being underrated. Besides the L.A. teams, who do you think is being underrated right now in the NBA? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the question is, how do the Celtics rebound from all the melee and, and mayhem that they've had to go through in, in, in that organization and even with the players, Jason Tatum? And those guys, especially coming off a, a trip to the NBA Finals just the season ago, how do they respond? Uh, will they respond? Uh, I know very people are high on the Sixers, but I, I still haven't seen enough to really give me a lot of confidence with the Sixers. I think the New Orleans Pelicans are a team to be on the radar, uh, especially with the health of Zion Williamson. How, how many games does he play this season? Um, I'm looking at John Moran, who I think is an absolute flat-out stud. Um, I love I love his aggressiveness. I love the way he attacks the game or he approaches the game. I love the way he he looks that he wants to get better each and every season. He makes players around him better. Um, so the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that could be, you know, keeping an eye out open for, um, you know, those are the teams to me that really I, I take a look at and say, OK, what what can be done here? Um, and obviously the Brooklyn Nets, you know, the guys, Ben Simmons is healthy. You got. Uh, you know, Kyrie, KD, you know, what can they do with that, with that, with that, that big three that they have in Brooklyn? 
uh, what results can be produced from that. So it'll be interesting to see. But those are the teams to kind of keep keep on the radar. 100%, Nick. Last question here uh, for the other MLB series is, I wanted to ask you, Phillies, Cardinals with pool holes, you know, that we talk about Aaron Judge pools. Is that a great, mm -hmm. you know, kind of fairy tale ending story? Do you expect the Cardinals to pounce on the Phillies in this series and then go play the no. Braves? Do you think the Phillies will be competitive? I think it'll be a competitive series. That's that's an easy series that, that, that can be all three games. Um, it, it, it easily go either way. I think I think the Phillies can be competitive. I think the Cardinals can be competitive. Um, and it's going to be a fun series to watch. If you're into baseball, if you want to see how Pujols does in his final year, I know a lot of people are rooting for him just because it is his final year. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. But ultimately, come on, NLCS, Braves, Dodgers, rematch. And uh, hopefully the Dodgers, now they got Freddie Freeman, can get over the hump, get back to the World Series as Dave Roberts promised. I mean, I think that that's everybody's uh, goal, everybody's uh, dream, at least here in L.A., for sure. Well, Nick, thank you so much, as always. Truth-telling, going on rants. I love it. Um, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. We're more to be free than a life in the bin Making money off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in L.A. On bail, my people say To live and die in L.A. To live and die in L.A. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.